Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 5. This is Lesson 35. We're going to begin in page 29 in chapter 19, and we're looking at why Christ needed to fulfill the Law and the Prophets. The answer is found in the writings of the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, where he says, For when I tried to keep the law, I realized I could never earn God's approval. Now this tells us something, nobody could keep the law. Because in order to get God's approval, you had to keep it perfectly. Amen? Like there was no 99.9%, so to speak. And the thing was, beyond that, you know, the thing was that you didn't have, you didn't have what it took to actually keep it. You needed a new spirit. You needed a new birth. Even then we can't keep it, but at least we're on our way to heaven. <laughs> Amen. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. Anyway, so he said, For I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So I live my life in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the New Living Translation. I, I've memorized it in the King James, so it's always hard to read that. Anyway, <laughs> but I want you to notice that Jesus Christ gave Himself for us, and the life that we now live is His life. Amen? The, the life that He placed on the inside of us. And this shows that Jesus had to fulfill all the Lord's requirements on our behalf, because none of us could do it ourselves. So again, notice that because we couldn't do it, somebody had to do it for us. He did it for us, and He did it perfectly. And because He did it perfectly, we can now receive that perfect score, so to speak, and walk in that perfection all the days of our life. Thank God, not in our own righteousness, but His. Amen. Okay, added to this, the Apostle Paul goes on to reveal, in Romans chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, the law of Moses could not save us. And see, that's the very thing that the Pharisees said. They said, well, we have Moses' law and everything else. And it's just like, yeah, but it's not saving you. you. You know, you think you got something, you think you can keep it, and you can't. And that was the whole point. And anyway, he says, because of our sinful nature. But God put into effect a different plan to save us. Notice that? He put a plan into effect to save us. And it says here, He sent His own Son in a human body like ours, so that the requirement of the law would be fully accomplished for us. Praise God. You know, we really need to see those things. Because so much of the time we are trying, we still have this habit of trying to do it ourselves. We still have this habit of trying to please God in our own flesh. Instead of being pleased to be a part of God's family. And whatever we do is because we're so happy. And you know, that's, that's when God receives what we do. Because then we're not doing anything with an agenda. Are you seeing the difference? You're just doing it because you want to do it. Not because you're trying to get in somewhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so he says again in uh, verse 4, So that the requirement of the law would be fully accomplished for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Praise God for that. Amen? That, you know, we don't... See, this is, there's, a, there's a difference here. I wish I had time to go and talk about this. But there is a nature of the flesh, and then there's the Spirit. And he's talking about something really huge here and really significant. That if we didn't have the Spirit, we would be following the flesh. And following the flesh, family, is following the devil. Because flesh fell. At, at the fall of mankind, that's the, that's the one thing that is still unredeemed today, is our flesh. That's the thing that we're constantly fighting. And dear God, wouldn't it be terrible if you're following that? 
know what I mean? Amen? So, <laughs> instead we can follow the Spirit. In light of all that Christ has done for us, the Apostle Paul makes it extremely clear to all those still trying to get to God based on their own merits in Galatians 5.4. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, he says you have been cut off from Christ. In other words, he's saying, listen, whenever you try to do it yourself, what you are doing is separating yourself from Christ. You are saying, I don't need what you did for me. That is a slap in his face. That's a slap in God's face. When God so loved that he gave his precious son. I know I'm changing things a bit, but you know what I'm trying to say. And then you ignore him. (laughs) Okay? Alright. Amen. And he says here, you have fallen away from God's grace. Oh, that is huge. See, uh, let me just share this with you really, really quickly. One of the biggest problems that we have is we have this attitude or we, we have this, this awareness that we're not enough in a lot of things in life. And the thing is that God says, I know that that's why my grace is there for you. And what we need to do, that's why it always says, come boldly to the throne of grace, because we know you can't do it. (laughs) You know, we know you're going to fall short in a lot of things, not because of anything you've done necessarily, but because you've inherited something. Because you are in a fallen world, and you were never designed for this thing, so to speak. Amen? That's why we have God the Holy Spirit, we have all sorts of things working for us, because of this this problem that we're having right now. Because because of the fall of man. As W.E. Wine and C.F. Hogg put it, Christ must be everything or nothing to man. No limited trust or divided allegiance is acceptable to him. The man who is justified by grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is a Christian. The man who seeks to be justified by the works of the law is not. Wow. Did you get all of that? So we must never slip into that after we become Christians. Can I say that? Amen. Be careful, you know, that we're sometimes not trying to earn God's favor by trying to do stuff. And saying, now see God, I've done all these good things, now you have to bless me. I'm your favorite child. (laughs) You know, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? Hey, He loves you regardless. He just loves you. End of story. You don't have to do anything, He just loves you. Now what He loves for you to do is do something good with that. (laughs) You know, amen? And don't try to do stuff that you, you know, for things you already have. Don't try to win His favor when you already have it. Amen. You might say, well brother, what about the faithful thing? Ah, that's different. That's responsibility. I don't have time to preach on that today, okay? But, you know, let me just say this. The more responsible you are, then the more He'll make you responsible for. And there are greater rewards. But His favor is on you all the time. His love is there all the time. Amen? And we shouldn't take that as an excuse to not do anything. Because, well, God loves us, so I don't have to do Hey, don't do that, man. Anyway, okay, you know why. All right. You're, dis, you're dissing God. You know, <laughs> disrespecting God. Okay, that's the modern terminology. Alright, the reason for this is that the price of redemption required nothing less than perfection itself. And only Jesus Christ as both all God and all man could pay. Now, do you understand the significance of that? As God, He could do this in a way no man could do it. This is a real key thing, by the way. Because, you know, when people say, well, you believe in Jesus, I believe in somebody else. The somebody else isn't God. 
You see, there somebody else might be very wise. They may have lots of nice sayings, but they're still not God. There's only one being that was all God and all man. Not 50% God and 50% man. Remember I told you why that was important as well. Because at the cross, when he died and he had to let the God part go, he couldn't have 50% hanging there. That's right. You go, why the rest of him go? I don't know. <laughs> you know. Okay, He had to be all God, all man, so that the all God part left and the all man part had to go to hell and pay the price. Are you with me? Amen. Okay, so it's also why he would say in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, Do not think I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till it all is fulfilled. Amen. Okay, let's move on to the next thing. Continuing on to verses 19 and 20. Jesus now goes in to say, Whosoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so... Wow, watch, watch. Listen, this is, this is something huge now. He's saying not only do these people break even the least of God's commandments, but they teach other people to do it as well. It's one thing you break, it's another thing go teach everybody else to do it. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay? We'll look at this a little bit more. Uh, Shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, that that means does do them. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Alright. And teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Sorry, I added that word in there because there are some that are listening and saying, you know, with the King James, sometimes it just has does and and they move on and it feels like you need another word in there. You know what I'm trying to say? So I'm, I'm doing that now for those people. Alright, so, <laughs> so again he says, verse 20, he says, For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. This is a bit of an unbelievable statement. And again, you know, one of the things that I want to, I want you to get something from this. I want you not to think about the scribes and Pharisees. I want you to think about me. You know, I'm not perfect. You all know that? I'm putting my hand up. Okay, alright. <laughs> okay, I, I am not perfect. And you know, the, the thing is that, uh, and you know, don't, don't get me wrong, okay? I, I really want to be pushing ahead in this, and I really want to achieve some great things in that. But I'll never get jealous if ever you're, any of you just get past me. Don't ever think that. In fact, I'll be thrilled. I'll go, he's one of mine. <laughs> She's one of mine. Uh-huh. I, they will, I'll train them. That's right, for two days. No. Anyway, <laughs> about 20 years. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, you know. But, but the thing with this is, <laughs> but the, the thing with this is, is that, you know, we need to be careful that we don't put people maybe that we see on TV, that are standing in a pulpit, that have, you know, thousands and thousands, you know, sitting in the rafters watching them and say, well, we'll never become like them. You have no idea. You know, I, I think one of the greatest disappointments in my life was when I found out that some of those people were really human and really had some really big flaws. Did you get all the realies in there? Okay, <laughs> all right. I mean, massive. And I, I mean, my little plane just, just crashed and burned. When I realized that they were just, wow. Some of them you just think, how can you even keep them in ministry, God? They're that rude. Seriously, family, you know, I just always figured, if you're walking with God, one of the characteristics you should have is love. I mean, I just, that was a given to me. You know, God is love. Who are you spending time with? If you spend time with love, you will become loving. Amen? And you know, these people were terrible. They could preach up a storm, but you ever sat down to eat with them? You choke on your food. 
I'm telling you. I'm telling you, amen, okay? So, you know, and, and I guess that's the, what's the word? That's the wonder of God. That's why he says that his gifts are without repentance. Once he makes you something, he makes you that. See, I can't take something away from you, you know, be, just because you might have made a mistake or done something. I never made you that. God made you that. Are you all here? And he'll never take that away from you. He'll never take it away from you. You might walk away from it, but he'll never take it away from you. Do you understand the difference? It'll follow you around, like, you know, Jonah, okay? <laughs> all right? And the thing you need to understand is that because you are uh, responsible for that gift and the influences it has on people, you are also responsible for how you behave around those same people when you're not preaching. Don't think you can get away with murder just because you can preach a really good message and then act like a turkey all the rest of the day. God is not happy. Amen. You know where we read this in Corinthians? I'm preaching now, I'm sorry, just give me one minute. You know, you know we, we read this in Corinthians, when he says, even though I have faith to move mountains, even though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, I'm going to blow raspberry, okay? okay? It's just nothing to God. It's, it's just useless. Are you all with me? And you know, I realized that I, it took me a long time to find that scripture verse. And then when I found it, it was like, oh, thank you, God. That was like a healing bomb that went through me. In that he said, yep. The, the sad part, he said to me, was, well, I believe he said this to me. Did God talk to you? Yes, isn't he talking to you? Anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, the sad part was, he said, the people will be blessed by their ministry, but not them. Isn't that interesting? That you can stand up, you can preach a message, and you can bless everybody in front of you, and you yourself not get blessed. Anyway, let's get back to this. Let's pull these verses apart and have a look at this. I'm giving you a lot of information very quickly today. Okay, it's the last, it's the last session, alright. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to race through this as much as I can. Okay, so I've said here, this would have been unbelievable and even shocking, a shocking statement to most people there. It was the equivalent of Jesus saying today, you have to be better than your priest and your pastor if you ever want to get to heaven. However, for a few, like Matthew, the tax collector turned disciple and writer of this gospel, who knew all too well the truth about the covetous, hypocritical religious leaders, and that's all their good points, okay, <laughs> this, <laughs> I know, right? This would have been a huge relief. Because he would have just looked at him and thought, finally, somebody is saying it how it is and seeing it how it is. Because they blinded people. I mean, people were blind to what they were doing, even today. Really saddens me, you know. People are just so blind to really what's going on in a lot of things. And they just go and give their money and do all sorts of things, thinking they're doing the right thing. And they have no idea what's actually happening. It's very sad. Very sad. And I could say more about that, but I won't because God won't let me. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, i got to listen to him. Alright. So let's go back now and take a closer look at these verses. Starting with verse 19 again, where Jesus says, Whosoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments. Okay. The first thing that we see is what Jesus says here. And that is, because he came to fulfill all the law, every jot and tittle, and the prophets perfectly, they even... Uh, what was considered to be the least commandment was of the utmost importance to him. Remember I told you, even when they were copying out the scriptures, if they made one little mistake, they tore it up and threw it away. Because somebody, they had to get it perfect, remember I told you, because somebody was going to come and fulfill it perfectly. Now the thing is, so there's pressure on the other side when the person comes. <laughs> They've got to fulfill it perfectly. Amen? Alright, and that's the thing he's saying, even if the tiniest little thing is missed. Isn't this interesting? 
Do you know why? Because he didn't want the devil to be able to point to anything and say, yes, but. Yeah, you might have kept all these big ones, but what about that little guy there? Think about this. What a tremendous job to fulfill every jot and every tittle. I mean, every tiniest little thing that was almost insignificant. Amen. 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 Okay. Also, by Jesus making this particular statement, the least commandment, it immediately alerts us to the fact that there were greater and lesser commandments in the law. And we need to understand that as well. Amen? There were things that were considered greater and things that were considered lesser. Even though in this day and age we walk in God's grace, that doesn't change the fact that there are some laws that do have greater consequences than others, whether they be spiritual or natural. For example, in Matthew 22, in his exchange with a lawyer, Jesus identifies two of these greater laws. You know these verses. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So this was pretty huge. Amen? And notice that all the law and the prophets, and which is what Jesus said he came to fulfill in Matthew 5.17, he is, is hanging on these, just these two commandments. In fact, in Mark's gospel, Jesus actually concludes by saying, there is no other commandment greater than these. So we, we see a great commandment here. I think that's okay. Now as to the lesser commandments, in Matthew 23, 23, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. This is really interesting. Hypocrites, he says, For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So if you notice, he's saying, There are weightier matters, alright? But he's saying there are lesser things and there are greater things. Can you see that part in all of this? Amen? Okay. So the weightier matters mentioned here are what would be considered the greater commandments in the law, meaning the others must have been the lesser commandments to which Jesus says should not be left undone. In short, what Jesus is saying here is that if you, religious leaders, are going to insist on keeping the law, then make sure you keep all of it. Not just the ones that are convenient to you and even worse, personally benefit you. Once again, unlike these religious leaders, Jesus fulfilled all the law, every jot and every tittle, without bias or distinction. Wow, yeah, okay. I'd like to preach, but let's continue. Returning to Matthew 5.19, Jesus again says there, He says, Whoever therefore willfully breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so. So you need to understand that in breaking the commandment, the person is, Jesus is saying, if you willfully do it. And in his commentary, William Hendrickson translates this verse from Greek to literally say, anyone, no matter how excellent he may be, or she, may be in other respects, who willfully disregards even the law's least command and teaches others to copy his example, will be least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, I want you to know this is not in hell. They're in heaven, but geez, they don't have much. <laughs> okay? <All right. laughs> Let me just say that. Okay? And where was I? Whereas, on the other hand, whoever practices and teaches these commandments, as interpreted by Christ, shall actually be great in the kingdom. So, he's saying, listen, these are realities. Okay, there are some people, because they do the wrong thing, they're going to be least in the kingdom. They're still going to be in the kingdom, but they're going to be least. 
There are others that practice and do what they know to do are going to be great in the kingdom. Um, he is saying that. Do you understand? That's a promise to all of you that are doing God's word that you will be seen as great in the kingdom. Amen? That's forever, by the way. Okay, the first thing that we need to do is look at what it means to willfully disregard and break a commandment. Matthew chapter 15, it says in verses 1 through 3, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do you... <laughs> so I have to laugh every time I read this. Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? You just told us why. Because they're the tradition of the elders. Or have you mixed up elders with God now? They don't wash their hands. Oh dear God, before they eat. <gasps> wow, you're going to hell because you didn't wash your hands. Seriously? You see where this is coming from? And Jesus replied, watch what he does. He turns it back on them, alright? Jesus replied and says, why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Wow, see? They threw it at him. Why do they break the tradition of the elders? He's saying, <laughs> watch this. Why do you break the commandment of God for your tradition. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> you know, He's just saying, listen, do you understand by the very thing you've said, you've condemned yourself? Hmm? <laughs> Alright. Then Jesus explained how they were breaking God's commandments. He says in verse 4, For instance, God says, honor your father and your mother. And anyone who speaks evil of father or mother must be put to, put to death. Yeah, pretty harsh. Verse 5. But you say, you don't need to honor your parents by caring for their needs if you give the money to God instead. Can I, can I translate that? If you give the money to us, it's okay. You know, because we're representative of God. Like God's nowhere close to them. Hello. <laughs> okay, the furthest thing from God. All right. In other words, this is the lie the religious leaders would tell the people to get whatever money they had put aside to take care of their elderly parents who were now no longer able to work and were in need of looking after. And why Jesus goes on to say, and so by your own, can I say, ungodly tradition, you nullify or have invalidated the direct commandment of God. See... In, in verse 7. Oh, we, no, let me stop for a minute. Okay. <laughs> you know, this, this is, this is kind of key. I want you to notice something here. That God does want children to take care of their parents. As much as God wants parents to take care of their kids, when it's your turn, you need to do it back. Even if it's something little, whatever, do what you can. You know, we all have gifts. Let, let me just share this for a minute. We all have gifts, and we all have abilities to do different things. One of the things that I think we need to be careful of is that we don't impose our giftings and what we're doing on other people. However, we do need to help other people find their giftings in how they can use that to be a blessing to someone. Are you all with me? Because sometimes if we push too much in what we're doing and you know the way we're being sweet and wonderful, then other people might start to resent it and then they won't do anything. Because they think, well, I, I don't really feel to do that. I'm not very good at doing that. So I won't do anything. 
Are you all with me? You know, one of the jobs that we need to do is really go and pray and say, God, what can that person do to be a blessing to this one? You know, and as God reveals those things, and you know, that's one of the things we can pray. You know, Lord, help them to see what they can do. And you'll be amazed how it'll, all different things will start popping up according to their gifts. Are you all with me? So they may not be great at visiting someone maybe, but they're probably great at knitting stuff. So they keep knitting jumpers or socks or booties or I don't know, whatever. You know, and, and that's their way of showing love. You know, every week or every couple of weeks, something comes you know, to them or in the mail or they meet up and say, I made you another, you know, whatever. It goes over 50 gloves now. But <laughs> the thing, <laughs> I'm just saying. But the thing is, at least that's showing, that's, that's their way of saying I love you. That's their way of saying, I really don't do well. I want to use another word, but it's not good. Okay, I really don't do well at conversations and stuff, but I can knit like crazy. So I'll do that for you. Somebody else might say, well, I'm good at cooking. I'm not so good at talking. So I'll make something and bring it over every so often. You, you know what I'm trying to say? You can do different things. And if we can do that, and if we can find their giftings, that's why it says don't judge, because as soon as you start judging, then you, you, you stop yourself from being able to do things like this and be creative and productive in the way you get things working. Uh, are you all with me? Amen. Uh, and, and again, you do that, and it's amazing how people will thank you. You know, because they say you brought out something in me I didn't know I had. You know, and I don't feel guilty. I actually am happy doing this. It makes me feel fulfilled as I'm doing it. And I can gift it to somebody as well. Do you understand a lot of the gifts that you have are a gift to yourself? That you actually enjoy doing it? And the thing you enjoy doing that you can bless somebody with? Have you ever noticed a tree doesn't produce fruit for itself? Okay, moving on. Now I'll go on. Verse 7. He says, you hypocrites. Isaiah was prophesying about you when he said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away or far from me. It is really important that we don't look religious. That we don't pray and for the sake of people hearing how amazingly spiritual we are. You know, some people are very eloquent and there's nothing. But it's very eloquent. You understand? It's music to your ears, but no anointing, you know? And I'm not saying anybody here, thank God, okay? But, you know, I know these things are out there. I've seen, anyway, let's not go there. But I'm just saying, you know, this is what it's talking about. Don't ever compromise the power of God for, you know, in order to be eloquent, to come up with the right words. You're focusing more on your words and how you say something than releasing the power of God. Some days it's very hard to concentrate when you're releasing that. There are times when I'll be praying and say, I will stop sometimes because of that. It's not that I don't have the words necessarily, it's just I'm pushing something you know, into your life. And, you know, and I really want you to get it. You know? And whatever is getting in the way, I want to get past that. Amen. Now, it's not with you guys here, but when I say you, I'm talking about generally the church, you know. Not everybody is as receptive as you, by the way. You are very receptive, by the way. I never have issues with you guys, just saying. I'm not just saying because you're here, I'm just saying that's because it's true. Okay, so let me continue on here. He says, their worship is a farce. <laughs> Love that. For they replaced God, God's commands with their own man-made teachings. In total contrast to this are those who keep the commandments and teach others to do the same. With Jesus saying, we'll pick this up in the next section, in the latter half of verse 19, but whoever does 
and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's take a break, and we'll come back in a few moments.